0: Welcome to Uncharted Entrepreneurship, your front row seat to daring stories from the boldest business trailblazers forging new paths across industries. I'm your host, Brent Peterson, armed with inside access, sitting down with partners, founders, and CEOs in the entrepreneurial world. Let's explore. This May 9th, 2024, ignite your entrepreneurial spirit at the Entrepreneurs' Rally a day where vision meets action in the heart of Minnesota. Join us at the JW Marriott for an unparalleled gathering of minds. Witness NBA legend and business maven, Bill Walton, share his journey from the basketball court to the boardroom. Be inspired by Candace Mama, Vogue Paris' most inspiring woman, as she unpacks the power of forgiveness and leadership. From the opening coffee to the closing VIP reception, the Entrepreneur's Rally is your arena to connect, learn, and grow. With over 500 entrepreneurs, industry leaders, and experts, it's more than an event. It's a catalyst for your next big leap. Whether you're looking to deepen your knowledge in sales, finance, marketing, or operations, or to ignite your passion and meet like-minded individuals, this is where your journey accelerates. Don't miss out on this extraordinary learning, networking, and inspiration day. Reserve your spot now for the Entrepreneurs' Rally. Go to entrepreneursrally.org. The Entrepreneurs' Rally this May 9th, 2024, at the Mall of America. That's entrepreneursrally.org, where dreams meet drive. See you there. Welcome to this episode of Uncharted Entrepreneurship. Today, I have Brian Cox. Brian, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us your day-to-day role and a couple of your businesses that you're involved in and maybe one of your passions in life.
1: Absolutely, Brent. Uh, well, thanks for having me here today. Um, and uh, appreciate the invitation and the time. Um, myself, uh, I- I'm a lifelong entrepreneur born and raised here in Minnesota. Uh, I've had many different small businesses earlier in my life. Uh, I, sold, I sold Boy Scout wreaths door to door. I sold soda pop out of my locker at high school had a lawn care business, you know, kind of uh, put a quarter in the bucket for every entrepreneur that's had a lawn care business, um, sold that, and then actually started another one in college that did, did landscape. Um, I, I got into what I'm doing now about 18 years ago. Uh, I'll talk about that in a second. But uh, on the personal side, I'm married. I've been married for 15 and a half years, if we're counting halves. Uh, I've got two kids. I've got a 14 year old daughter um, who's very entrepreneurial as well. Uh, I think she picked up that habit for me um, and probably her father or grandfather, I should say. Um, but also have a son. Uh, he's he's 12 and a half. Um, loves talking about, you know, business and finance and sports and all that. Uh, we got a hobby farm with a couple animals and such. Um, and so that's a little bit on the personal side. Um but on the business side, I, I started a motorcycle dealership that I'm sitting in today, uh, 18 years ago, started in my garage, one bike at a time. Um, now we're the largest seller of pre-owned motorcycles in Minnesota. Uh, we buy and sell. And so if you're looking to buy a bike or sell a bike, we're, we're going to help you out. Um, I'm here from a strategy standpoint and big picture. I've got a leadership team that runs the daily for me. And that's freed me up to do something I've really found enjoyment in, which is uh, I'm a I'm the president and partner at Traction Capital. And we invest in small businesses and acquire small businesses. And our goal is to help entrepreneurs and small businesses get what they want for the greater good, meaning the employees, the customers, the people that are involved. So that's what I really like. Um, and then you, I think you asked, Brent, what I, what I enjoy on a daily basis. Um, I enjoy helping people and I enjoy process. And I find that those two sort of work well together. If you got a good process, it's going to help the organization and help the people uh, run better, um, and that's that's what I enjoy.
0: Yeah, I, I, we'll, we'll touch a little bit on EOS. I know that Traction Capital is a big proponent of using EOS, and how that's probably I, I won't I won't assume, but that's that's most likely helped you to be more of in a strategic role at your at Simply Ride, right? Other than just having your having to be there working every day.
1: It absolutely does. Um, I picked up EOS uh, from what I, I kind of call him the godfather of it here in Minnesota, Mike Payton. Um, I, had the, I had the pleasure of serving with him on the EO board. That's the Entrepreneurs Organization Board. And he taught and ran EOS for, for the board. And so I, I got to learn it from him. He was a very early stage implementer. Um, and at the time, my business was too small and didn't have profitability enough to afford an implementer. And so he, he gave me some nuggets that really helped out. I read the book, I self-implemented. And, you know, that was 15 years ago when I kind of learned that. And my team constantly refers to, well, what's EOS talk about? You know, well, let's put that issue on our level 10. And so it's really helped the whole team benefit as well as myself be able to get what I want out of my business, which is sort of a core EOS tenant.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And we'll, get, we'll, we'll get into a little bit more of that in, as we, as we move along. First, though, you have graciously volunteered to be part of the free joke project, so um, as all I'm going to do is tell you a joke, and all you have to do is say, "Should this joke be free, or should someday we could charge for it?" It's that good. And to give you some background to kind of prep you, I, I've done about 250 of these episodes. Um, I've had maybe uh, I think five jokes that people said could be paid for. So I just want to I want to set expectations up front. So here so we you're, go. You're setting the bar high. I see. Yes, very high. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, here we go. Scientists have discovered. Wait, I got to start over again. I'm no sorry. No problem. No problem. Right, well, we'll edit that part. No, maybe I'm just going to leave it because leave you it know, some there. of them are good fails, right? Yep. Here yep. we go. This is real. This is authentic. And this is authentic, right? Scientists have successfully grown human vocal cords from stem cells in the lab. The results speak for themselves.
1: I'm gonna call that a, a an, an unpaid. But if you were to have a different site that was dad jokes, that's perfect all day long. I love the dad jokes, but I don't know if that's a paid a paid joke. Sorry, Brent. Yeah.
0: no, no, it's fine. Yeah, and, and you know, my i i i i fell down on my delivery. I mean, there's 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 the problem right there is delivery, and you know, 99 of the time, it's also my delivery. So fair enough, fair enough. Um, all right, so let's let's talk a little bit about um, about your about your background and how you got into it. You've had a couple, like your kids are entrepreneurial and it sounds like your dad was entrepreneurial. Was it something in your family that, that kind of just drove you to do that and, and start those businesses even in college and then continue on over? That's a great question.
1: Um, my dad was actually not entrepreneurial. He was big business. My wife's dad is an entrepreneur. He's a farmer. Um, and so it's funny because as I look at my upbringing, I don't think I was shown that um, I just knew even as a young kid, like I'm talking 10, 12, that's what I wanted to do. Um, maybe I was stubborn enough to know what I wanted or just that I knew I wasn't employable. Um, and, and so I I, I sold, um, I don't know if you remember the, these days, but you'd get a, a catalog in the mail and you could go and sell that catalog to your neighbors. And I sold, you know, little trinkets and wrapping paper and stuff. And then I was in Boy Scouts and I sold reeds and I wanted to be the top producer for selling reeds. And then I was in high school and I I noticed that you could get a 16 ounce pop for a dollar and I ran the math and I figured out I could buy a 20 ounce pop for 45 cents or something like that. And I put them in the fridge and I bring them to school and I, I competed with the school Um, and I made good margins. I was making, you know, hundred percent markup and, and I sold for the same price, but a, a larger product. Um, Eventually I had to break into my locker and I gave up on that business. Um, But so I knew all along, that's what I wanted to do. Um, I took a loan from my dad to buy lawn care equipment. I mowed the neighbor's lawn and then I was mowing upwards of 30 or 40 lawns a week. Um, I sold that business before I went to college and I actually was interesting. I learned how to grow a business and have employees. And then I learned how to sell a business because I figured out what the valuation was. And there is actually a valuation for lawn care businesses. Um, so that's, that's, that, that got me up through college. Um, I can share a little bit more about, I went to the university of St. Thomas and they had at the time sort of a newer entrepreneurship program. I thought it was fantastic. I learned a lot. Um, I probably didn't use or benefit from school as much as I should have because I was just always on to the next thing. Um, but some of the professors that were there, are still there and they were really, really connected with me. I still talk with them. I actually still speak at St. Thomas uh, classes on occasion. And so I thought that was really instrumental in my, um, in my growth as an entrepreneur.
0: Um, is there a reason that you decided to go to college? And I'm assuming you got a degree, um, is that, was that part of like, what do you feel is that that may have interrupted your journey as an entrepreneur or enhanced it?
1: Yes, both. Um, I knew, so again, my, my dad was, was corporate and, um, I knew I needed a degree because if, if whatever I was going to do as an entrepreneur didn't work out, I needed, I needed to have that as a fallback. But I also knew that I didn't know everything. And so I wanted to go and learn more. Um, I had a, I had a professor at one point, um, my mom hated it, but he asked me why I was still in school because he just, he just knew I just. You know, I I could move on and I could be successful, but I knew I needed to finish it. And so I did, um, barely. My wife nudged me. Um, I didn't finish at St. Thomas. I had one class left and she said, you got to finish this. And so I I did when I was probably 24 or something. Um, But I'm really glad I did it because I met these professors. I learned from them because they invested in me and they gave them a lot of time. And I, I, I use things that I learned there probably subconsciously I use them today, but it was really beneficial. So could I have been successful without it? Probably. Did it help me be more successful? I think so. So I, I think it's worth it, uh, if it if it's the right fit for the person.
0: Yeah. I do feel as though, especially in a liberal arts degree, you get so much uh, you, you get so many different experiences from the educational standpoint that um, that can be applied to entrepreneurship. I also feel as though, and you can help me answer this. If you're not an entrepreneur, you're not going to be able to apply any of those things. Like you're, you're not going to think in that mindset. There's a certain person, or at least there's a certain amount of energy that has to come from within to become an entrepreneur. Like you have to have a drive to do something, right? Absolutely. Um, and, and something
1: else that I just thought of, Brent, is my path to where I'm at today really goes all the way back to St. Thomas. I, I knew I didn't know everything, so I went to school. I learned. I then was connected with a, a small group called Biz Lounge, which was a peer-to-peer business networking group. That, that then led me to EO Accelerator, which was another peer-to-peer and, and and also a coursework for learning, which then led me to the Entrepreneurs Organization, which I've been a part of for 15 years. And so as i trace traced my path back, uh, that's where that constant thirst for learning and I always had this goal of being a, uh, the smallest fish in the pond of the big fish. I didn't want to be the biggest fish in the small pond. So I'm always trying to one-up my game and surround myself with people that are more successful than me so I can learn from them and um, and continue my own growth.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point about learning and continu- continually learning. Um, I also... Uh, started a business in college and realized at some point that I had to choose one or the other so i, I went to college for eight years um, and then decided I wanted to drop out um, and And I at some point in my early career uh gave up or thought that maybe i 'm too old to keep learning, but I think you know part of uh, industry always disrupts and and new things happen and if you don 't have that attitude of being able to learn something new. You are going to get stuck and probably, I I dare say, fail as an entrepreneur because you can't move into the next next bit of whatever is new out there. Right.
1: Absolutely. I think you have to be able to adapt and change. And um, I I don't think any human being is built perfect. Um, And I firmly believe that. And so we have to be, you know, we're wired a certain way, but we have this ability to learn behaviors and by, by, you know, hearing from my wife and giving, you know, me input and my people that work with me and my EO group and, you know, the board and all these different people that are around me, I, I, I take this nugget and that nugget to try and make myself a better human being and a better business owner. Um, and so if I, if I'm firmly stuck in my ways, that might make me successful, but I, I believe that being adaptable uh, is, is very important.
0: Um, let's talk a little bit about Accelerator. You mentioned you started off in EO Accelerator. I started off in EO Accelerator. We had a, some green room conversations about it. I think you were my last coach before I graduated to EO. Um, how important is it for an entrepreneur to seek out, not advice, but mentorship from people that have been doing this for a long time that, that, can, that can help or coach you along the way? I think it's
1: hugely important. I I found it uh, at St. Thomas through some of these professors that that gave of their time. Um, I then got it from Biz Lounge and then Accelerator. Uh, It's lonely at the top. Uh, If if I have to fire an employee tomorrow, it's hard to talk to other employees about that. I won't. It's hard to talk to my wife about it. My kids, they don't get it. You know, my parents, my friends. Talking to other business owners that have been there and done that, whether it's uh, this new major market expansion opportunity or, you know, my business is short on cash this month or whatever the highs and lows we go through as an entrepreneur, I think it's a must. And so Accelerator to me was so cool because I got to be in a small group with other business owners, similar size and similar stage of business and I received mentorship. Um, my mentor at the time, Shane Erickson, 15 years ago, is now my partner. I joined uh, Traction Capital. He's the, he's the managing partner there. And he gave of his time and his experiences to me. Um, I benefited from the program. So then when I graduated out of it, I then ran the program for about a year and a half and then spun out of that. And then I coached uh, off and on for a couple of years. And now fast forward, I'm now helping run it again for the last three years. So that's how much I believe in that program.
0: Um, just talking about some volunteer roles that you've done. Do you feel that in EO specifically, or in actually any, or any uh, volunteer organization that you get out? Uh, usually you get out more than you put in, but you have to put in something to get anything out. A hundred
1: percent. If you're not, if you're just sitting back and taking, you're, you're not going to benefit nearly to the potential that that program is meant to be. You have to show up, you have to inject yourself into groups, into conversations. You have to give into that group, and you will get tons and tons and tons of value. Uh, but if you're not putting forth the effort, you, you won't get nearly, I don't know, 10% or 20% of what, what is there to benefit.
0: Um, earlier, we were talking about education and maybe how education gives you a more rounded view on things. Um, being an EO and, and maybe in EO, we have this, this, uh, we, we do experience sharing. We don't, we, we don't shoot on people. We don't tell people what they should be doing. We will say, this is what we've done. And hopefully in that we are, we're not giving advice out, but do you think that there's a difference between an entrepreneur that you met, who's so focused just on the one thing that they're doing that they can't. Sometimes they don't see the bigger picture and they, it's hard to experience, share with with somebody like that, or it's harder for them to understand if you're in a different business, some of those same principles apply to your business?
1: Yeah, gosh, I have to formulate my thoughts. I had a lot of thoughts there um, in, in your comment. Um, I think that, I think it kind of depends on what the founder or the business owner or the executive wants to be. Um, I just finished watching the series, Super Pumped. Did, did you see Super Pumped about Uber?
0: No, oh, yeah, yeah. I did see that. Yes.
1: Okay. So <laughs> it was neat. Um, and I don't know the CEO at all, but the way they portrayed him, like he was ruthless and he was wildly successful with Uber and IPO evaluation, all that. But I think about what I want. I used to want to be the super successful business owner, but I've I've grown after getting married and having kids and having some life experiences that I want to be a well-rounded person. I want to be a successful person in my business, but I want to be a successful person husband and a successful father and a successful person, well-rounded. And I think that I think that the people that are maybe the most successful in EO Accelerator or in EO or is just well-rounded business people, they're open to that. They're open to feedback from those other people. And then there's other people that, again, just because I just watched it, the, the super pumped uh, uh, Netflix, I think it was, or something else. He was wildly successful at his business, but maybe not as successful as a well-rounded person or, or as an individual. So I think it just, at the end of the day, depends on what the individual wants. I've chosen what I want. And again, to use him as an example, he's chosen or other wildly successful business owners have chosen, and that's great for them. I just know what I want.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, that that's such a good point. And I think about that often about how our really big people or some of those very, very successful business people portray this thing as this is the, what you have to pursue. And they forget about the family side, the personal side, your relationship side, uh, things like that. Even your physical side, um, sometimes is, is put to the side, right? And the, maybe to speak a little bit about how EO, uh, most of our groups, and I, I'm not gonna say all of them, but most of them give a, a family, a personal and a business aspect to our meetings.
1: Well, th- those are very, very key pieces, especially for an entrepreneur, because it's all, you know, there's a Venn diagram and there's a lot of overlap between business, personal and family. Um, when I joined EO and Accelerator, I was like, I want 99% of what I bring and what I get to be business. And I have switched that over and, and I've matured maybe a little bit uh, in, in the 15 years I've been involved. I'm probably 70% personal or family and probably 30% business because there's so much, interaction in life if my business does great that affects my family life and my personal life if my business is in the toilet it affects it and so I like that every month when I show up I can I'm supposed to share the best and the worst of my personal the best and the worst of my family and the best and the worst of my business life because then we show up as human beings and then we can work on all facets and be a better well-rounded person
0: Uh, let's move into a little bit into traction capital and how um how that helps small businesses grow, and maybe some put put a little spin on that. How EOS impl, implementing EOS and helps that to give some structure around for a business person to grow even more.
1: Yeah, um, it actually goes. It's it's sort of a long story, so I'll try to give the cliff note. Um, Shane Erickson was my mentor in accelerator. Um, officially mentored and then unofficially, and then that transitioned into friendship and we were friends for 10 years. Um, And during that, I learned EOS myself and I learned mentorship. And four or five years ago, he said, I've been investing in small businesses. I've been mentoring small businesses and business owners. I wanna do this officially and I have a fund and we're going to launch this fund and we're going to invest dollars and capital into these businesses that need the dollars and capital. We're going to mentor them because I'm a business owner and I have experience to share. And hopefully we can get them on the fast track to learning. So I'm going to mentor them. That's two things. And then thirdly, we're going to help them in a process. And that process is EOS. And I went, wow, these are three things that I've benefited from greatly. I want to be a part of this. And so I, I came in very part-time. And, and now I'm almost full-time um, in the fund. And we're continuing to deliver on that original thesis that he formulated because it's lonely at the top, like we talked about, Brent. We're able to invest and inject capital in these businesses that need the dollars to grow. We're mentoring them through our own experiences and those in our network and sharing that experience that we've built as business owners. And then we're running that process that we've seen help in our own businesses. So it's, it's sort of all entwined and all
0: encompassing. Um, one thing that I've experienced is the fact that you ha- having those things in place when you decide that at some point you'd like to sell your business is much easier if you do it up front than if you do it a month before you want to sell. Talk a little bit about the processes in there, growth of those, and then w- most people should have an, an idea what they would like to do post, post-business. post I mean, some people will be in their business for their whole life, and some people would like to do it one or two times in their life, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have never so, beside my lawn, co- lawn company, I've never sold my business. I've, I've been at uh, uh, Simply Ride for 18 years. I started from scratch and I'm still here today. Um, so I can't speak from experience there, but I've seen many, 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 many people, close close friends and acquaintances and also people that we've bought and sold businesses with uh, go through this process. And so if, if your business is, is running on a shoestring and the process is made up on the fly or maybe you're like the one person that all business decisions go through, your business has significantly less value in it when you go to sell it. It's also probably very draining on you. Putting in place EOS or a process that's like it, it helps the business work on its own and it gives the people that are in it the ability to operate somewhat autonomously so it doesn't rely solely on the founder. So it's better for the founder and it's better for the people in the business, but it's also if they go to sell, it's also then better because there's a, there's a rinse and repeat to it where the buyer comes in and they know that things are going to run for the most part, the same as they did before. Um, And so it's, it's, I think it's better overall, regardless of if you're going to do this for life, or if you're going to do this three or four times in your life, or if you're going to sell it's, it's just better overall.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think uh, there, there's a number of EO people that I know that have had, uh, that have sort of removed themselves from their day-to-day roles in their business and they're doing other things Whether it's another business thing or a personal thing, is there is, is we we and we all we talked about like our personal lives. There's a there's a big difference between somebody in the term turn of the last century, like a Victorian era, where it was stylish not to work, like the rich didn't work, and and suddenly sometime in the 60s or whatever that time was, we're all encouraged to work even more, and your success is seen as, oh, I work 100 hours a week. Um, is do, do you feel as though this gives you some, maybe it's more freedom, right? That it gives you that freedom to choose, I'm going to work 100 hours a week or I'm going to spend 100 hours a week with my family.
1: I think it definitely gives you the freedom to choose. And I, I love that. Um, and it kind of goes back to what do you want as a business owner? Some people want to work 80 hours and make a ton of money and, and be viewed as incredibly hardworking. Some people want to choose not to work much and their their business funds their lifestyle and their time with their family. Um I've I've chosen to try and there's never balance, but I've chosen to try and balance it as best as possible. Um I used to work the 80, 90 hour weeks, um, but that's not for me. I I want to work hard and I want to play hard. I want to spend time with my family and take cool trips. Um and so I've tried to have the best of both worlds. But at the end of the day it's really up to the individual. What do they want? And then they should go after it.
0: Um, I, I want to make one comment about kids because my kids uh, all worked for us in our past business. And and now that w- my son has said many times uh, that he doesn't want to work as hard as we're perceived to has worked. Or he sometimes feels because... Um, it's hard to turn. Let I me mean, just back up. It's hard in your mind sometimes to turn off what you're doing as work, right? And sometimes that bleeds into your family life. Um, I, I kind of took that as not as a red flag, but something that I, I definitely don't want. You know, I don't want my kids to think that work is all encompassing and all empowering. But I also want to have that ethic of hard work in it. Is there, a, is there a dichotomy or, a, or is there a tension between those family life and what you're working and you can't turn off?
1: Oh, there's definitely a dichotomy and a tension. Um, and and I, I agree 100% with what you just said. I'm, I'm trying to instill in my children that it is absolutely important to work hard and to do things well. And I'm also trying to instill in them that you should figure out what it is that your family needs and what you need given whatever phase of your life you're at. Um, I make it an absolute pointed effort to work very hard and sometimes very long and then other times to not work very much and to take a 10 day road trip and, you know, turn the phone off for days at a time. Um, and, and I point that out with them, you know, I'm working hard right now because my business needs me and I'm going to make time to play hard and to be with my family. Um, and and so When when we talk about hard work, you know, around the house, it might be doing chores or taking care of the animals or, you know, putting in the extra effort to study for this test. And I tell them, you will reap that reward. You'll get the good grade. That'll get you the job you want, um, while at the same time trying to balance out. So if you work hard, you can play hard as well. So, yes, it's a dichotomy, and I'm trying to teach both. (laughs)
0: That's awesome. Uh, Brian, we have a few minutes left. What, what sort of things would you, I don't want to say give advice to, but yeah, let's just say if you're a smaller business owner and you, wanna, you want to learn more about how either Traction Capital can help them or even Excel, the Accelerator program, uh, what, what would you tell them?
1: Um, I think number one is, is find somebody or some bodies or a group that you can talk business with and and share and help carry the load. So that's Accelerator or a group like it or EO. Um, I I think from a traction capital standpoint, I think it depends on what you want. Um, There's a lot of companies out there that want to raise money and they only want to raise at the highest valuation possible. Um, There's other companies that they want that strategic help, that experience, the business owner. Um, And that's really what traction brings to the table. We want to invest at a fair value. But we also want to spend a ton of time in those companies. I was actually on a call just a bit ago, Brent, and I, I said, you know, just so you know, I spent 35 hours last month working within one of the portfolio companies that we're a part of. I don't work tons of hours; that's probably a fourth of my month. Um, and and so that's the value that that Traction Capital tries to bring to the table is we're going to be there. We're not going to run your business for you. That's not our job. But we're going to be there to help out and to to leverage our experiences and the things that we failed at and the things that we've been successful at so that you can hopefully be on the fast track and also know that there's someone else out there that's that's helping carry the load Um, and so it goes back to that experience the EOS process that we're helping them run and then the capital they need to to run their business Um, so I, I think that answers both your questions I'm happy to elaborate further if you want on either
0: no, that was good. I, I know my introduction to EOA was, uh, I think, Andrew Dunman from uh, Bulk Reef. He said, hey, come into this quarterly day. It's free. Just join us and, and sit through it. And, um, you know, I, I was in the tech business, in tech industry. I knew how much it costs to go to some conference and pay for a private session or whatever, pay for the work working sessions. And, um, it, for me, it was just like, it was, a, it was, a, it was eye opening, and it was, it was something that I had no concept that even existed because I, going back to that closed mindedness, I didn't always look outside of myself to find solutions. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs try to do that. Um, my introduction then was, Hey, wow, this is a, I think I went to, um, people day or, or execution day. And I ended the, the, the nice thing is that I left with action items. Like I didn't act, I didn't leave it. With concepts and a lot of times those help groups things they they say here's a concept you can take a hold and use it we left with things here's you should not should but here's things you could do in, in your own business that that will give you uh that will give you better ROI or, or a, a you know better retention of your employees or whatever whatever that thing is there was actions that came out of it that that helped me in my business and I joined that day. I love
1: both of uh, the things that you pointed out there, or at least that I heard, is um, there's these concepts, and the, they're big ideas, and they're exciting, and they're fun, and you know, we're at the bar, and we're writing on the back of the napkin, and we're learning, and we're digesting a book or an Audible or a, a podcast, but then there's the action that needs to take place, and that's where I thrive. I'm always the, what are we doing next? What's the next step? Uh, I think everybody that's around me is probably sick of me staying great. So what's the next step? But I think that both have to coexist and that one can be successful without the other, but not nearly as successful as both together, have the great idea and the big picture thinking and then have the execution. Um, And and so I see that in my relationship with Shane, uh, as partners, he's, he's, uh, he's the idea, you know, a dozen ideas before breakfast, and I'm the okay, great, what are we going to do next? It's also what EOS teaches us that those two relationships, the visionary, they call it and the integrator work really well together. Um, and if you don't have a business partner, then trying to think with one side of your brain on the big picture idea, and then also thinking in the other side of your brain, okay, what am I doing next? That's how you can do it on your own. Um, and so I I love that you kind of pointed out those two, uh, very different, but equally important, uh, factors.
0: Yeah. And the last comment, and and maybe your last question, um, as an employee, sometimes if the, um, if the owner or visionary is all vision, and they don't give you the tools to execute, it can be very frustrating, right? And maybe just uh, last, how, how do you deal with, if you're more of a visionary, you have to have some action in that, right? You definitely have to have some action. And, and, and the visionary
1: might not see that because they're just always coming up with the new ideas. But if they're feeling stuck, like if they're feeling like, gosh, I have all these ideas, but are..." our revenue is not growing or we're losing employees or our customer service isn't working, then they might need to ask themselves. The question is where's the action, where's it happening? Um, Or if you're the employee that feels like, well, gosh, I feel like we just chose this direction last week and then now we're going this direction this week and then I'm I'm sure next week it's going to be a different direction. Maybe just having a, a heart to heart conversation with that owner that's changing direction a lot and saying, I feel like I'm pulled in a different direction every week and I'm never able to execute well that might help get some direction.
0: Yeah, that's that's such good feedback. Uh Brian, we have a few minutes left as we close out, I give everybody a chance to do a shameless plug. Shameless plug about anything you like. What would you like to plug today?
1: Shameless plug. Um a, a couple thoughts. I'll try to be brief. Um early in my life, I I I was all business and that's great for some people. For me, it's more about family and business and balancing that. So I I would plug family as well as business. Um, I would shamelessly plug EO and Accelerator as they've been super instrumental in my life. If you're a small business owner uh, looking to grow your business and have a network of peers and learning, uh, that's great. And same with EO. Um, I would shamelessly plug uh, Simply Ride. Uh, We're the largest seller of pre-owned motorcycles in Minnesota and also buyer. Uh, And so if it's anything to do with pre-owned motorcycles, we'd be happy to help you out, service and parts as well. And then I would plug traction capital. Uh, If you're looking for dollars to help your business grow and get to the next level, but also strategy and help from business owners who have been there and done that. Uh, we'd be, we'd love to have a conversation, whether you're early stage, looking to raise dollars to help you get to the next level or you're mid stage where you you don't want to invest your own dollars in that next employee or that next, you know, new widget. Um, or if you're later stage where your business is running great and it's time for you to cash out and move on, we're happy to take a look and help you out.
0: That's awesome. And where should people get a hold of you?
1: Oh, which which email address? Uh, Let's go to LinkedIn. I think you've got my LinkedIn profile uh, that you'll 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 put there. So find me on LinkedIn. Brian Cox, not the actor, not the football player. um, Brian Cox. And that's a COX.
0: All right. Good. I'll get all those in the show notes. Brian, it's been such a great conversation. Thank you so much for being here today.
1: Absolutely. Brent, thanks again for having me.
0: Uncharted Entrepreneurship is a production of Content Basis, LLC, copyright 2023. You can find more award-winning content at contentbasis.io. And that wraps up the latest edition of Uncharted Entrepreneurship, Bold Tales from Entrepreneurial Trailblazers. I'm your host, Brent Peterson, signing off after an incredible fireside chat with one of our intrepid trailblazing guests. Their first-hand perspective on conquering the unexplored wilds of business is just a taste of the rare wisdom you'll discover from pioneering entrepreneurs on this show. I also invite you to join me each week for insider commentary on the startup scene and digital marketing landscape on my talk commerce podcast you can find talk commerce wherever you download podcasts or go to talk-commerce.com i'd be grateful if you left a review and rating for uncharted entrepreneurship to help more bold founders find their way to game-changing insights that empower ventures to transform communities This is your host, Brent Peterson, signing off for now. I'll see you around the virtual campfire next episode as we embark on another adventure into the great entrepreneurial unknown.